Welcome back to Forum. I'm Michael Krasny. Over the weekend, the San Jose Police Department placed four of its police officers on administrative leave for posting racist and anti-Muslim comments in a private Facebook group. This latest scandal comes days after San Jose Mayor Sam Licardo issued a nine-point plan aimed at reforming but not defunding the city's police department. Given these recent developments, critics of the police are saying that Licardo's plan does not go far enough to address systemic racism, and we're going to talk about this latest incident, the efforts to reform the department, and what the next steps are. Joining us is Adite Bundalamudi, who's a KQED Silicon Valley reporter, and welcome to the program. Good morning. Good morning. Thanks for having me. Glad to have you, and also glad to have with us this morning Raj Giaidevev. Uh, Raj Giaidevev. Uh, let me get your name right, Raj. Uh, the last name is. Say it for me, can you? Giaidev, uh, Michael. Thanks. Giaidev. I'm sorry. Yeah. Okay, and Raj is co-founder and director of Debug Silicon Valley, a grassroots organization that's focused on criminal justice reform. He's also a recipient of the 2018 MacArthur Genius Grant for his criminal justice work. We invited the San Jose Police Department for this segment, as well as the police union. Both declined our invitation. Mayor Licardo was unavailable. Let me begin, Adite, with you. And let's talk about this reform plan, first of all. We're not talking about defunding here. We're talking about Mayor Licardo having essentially a nine-point plan. Can you give us the essence of it? Yeah, I mean, the reform plan is basically, uh, so it consists of nine points, just like you said, and um, it does a few things. It uh, seeks to increase transparency. Um, it seeks to investigate police misconduct, um, expand the role of an independent police auditor who would have access to unredacted police records, body cam footage, um, creating a police corps, a community service officer program, um, and then some of the some of the other things that have already sort of come into place, like uh, trying to ban rubber bullets. And let's talk about uh, the scandal that has emerged and that continues to have an impact on San Jose politics, as well as uh, the relations with the police. Goes back to, as I said, a, a Facebook posting and an article uh, uh, that appeared on Black Lives Matter. There were statements made against uh, not only members of Black Lives Matter, but against the Muslims uh, that were taken, excuse me, to be anti-Muslim comments about a woman with a hijab. Uh, uh, let's focus in on what actually was said and, and what the response has been. Yeah, it came from a deactivated, a now deactivated Facebook group uh, called 1070 DSJ, and it was made up of current uh, and retired SJPD officers. Um, and there were racist comments made, uh, you know, against the Black Lives Matter movement, um, Islamophobic comments, um, and uh, a, a blog post was made on Medium. And since then, four officers that were outed uh, in that blog post have been put on leave pending investigation. Um, Licardo says that, you know, part of his nine point plan will address this. He wants to make sure that there's increased transparency between the uh, arbiter uh, of, of how these uh, deliberations sort of go out, how these um, department investigations happen. Um, but there's not a timeline as to when that change will actually happen uh, within the SJPD. So give a little bit of history too here because in 2016 there was uh, an officer who was fired by the name of Phil White. He was a 20-year veteran and he was actually someone who ran the gang intervention program for kids in San Jose, but he was fired for tweeting um, something quite similar as far as a racist statement. It went to arbitration, but it was arbitration that was essentially closed-doored and uh, he was reinstated. That's right. And Licardo says that, you know, part of his nine-point plan is to um, increase transparency in that arbitration process um, so that uh, 
you know, officers who engage in this kind of misconduct don't get added back to the force after, um, you know, they, they've been found to have done misconduct. So, Raj, we're talking about more transparency. We're talking about reforms that Mayor Licardo feels will move San Jose in the right direction in terms of moving away from the problems that they've had with uh, police misconduct. Uh, but essentially, your position is uh, systemic racism is too strong, and this is not going far enough by any means. Do I have that right? Yeah, absolutely. And it's con completely inconsistent with the times and the demands and calls for dramatic change systemic change and these you know these days it sounds like every elected official has some sort of like enumerated list that is going to make the problem of institutional and structural racism go away and that's clearly no such list exists when you keep adding to the institution itself and so this nine-point plan by the mayor uh, we believe is completely inadequate to deal with the structural racism that's endemic to the institution itself and clearly was was put out and exposed through this recent scandal that may have shocked a, a number of people outside of San Jose, but it certainly was not a revelation for people here in San Jose, particularly just coming off the protest where we heard similar comments in the streets. And so the 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 difference now versus say the time Michael when you brought up uh, Officer White making that horrible comment on Twitter is that before the demand was essentially personality driven or individualized accountability, the demand in today's world, in a post murder of George Floyd, the demand is structural change, not individual piecemeal reforms. And that's what this plan essentially is speaking to. You also, I think, uh, have to be mindful of all the movement that's been going on to defund police and put more money into social work or mental health workers, uh, put more money in education and nearly a half billion uh, uh, budget uh, has been put forward for police in San Jose. The mayor says uh, the community wants more police, and uh, yet Berkeley has cut 9.2 million from their budget, uh, their police budget. Oakland 4.14.3 million from its budget. San Francisco's considering. And how much are you saying needs to be cut or ought to be cut here? Well, we have a, a proposal that we submitted uh, to the county and and to the city uh, around their police budget. The police budget right now occupies about $449 million of, of public resources that we think could be distributed. Um, we did a line item accounting of their entire budget. We developed a defund the police and reinvest in community framework that was first imagined by the families who lost loved ones to police violence, actually reviewing the case of their own loved one's death, figuring out what the most lethal aspect of their department was, which resulted in that death, and then us coming up with a budget articulation of what would happen if we removed that line item. And we came up with something in the neighborhood of 177 million, just off the top review. Um, and so that's us going through particular changes around things like uh, military grade weaponry, um, removing that, removing unnecessary trainings that clearly are not resulting in the cultural change um, you know, if you have a, a, a cultural competency training for, for police departments that you're spending uh, a ton of money on, yet at the same time you have officers saying black lives really don't matter and that uh, hijab should be converted into nooses, clearly you cannot train away a culture of racism that's institutionally protected in that way. Um, so we have some specific line items that could happen tomorrow, uh, stopping paid administrative leave for officers who kill or seriously harm people. Um, removing the street crimes unit, which is a particular unit 
um, whose sole ambition uh, in our estimation is to harass and criminalize poverty. And when you live in one of the most expensive, expensive places to live in the country, if not the world, uh, poverty is gonna run rampant and, uh, and inequality at, at this point with this police department could result in lethal outcomes. And so we think there's a significant amount that could be reallocated to the community, directly to black and brown communities. But then secondly, to invest in new infrastructure that allows for different first uh, person responders that doesn't come to someone's home with uh, a weapon, but comes to deescalate and problem solve. Rajai Dev is co-founder and director of Debug Silicon Valley. They're a grassroots organization focusing on criminal justice reform. And uh, Raj, I'd like to have you hear what Mayor Licardo says and respond to it. Uh, overwhelmingly, that's not what our residents want. And I know that because I've looked at polling data that's very clear about it. It's not just a majority of our residents, a super majority of our residents. A multiracial, multicultural super majority of our residents do not want to defund the police. They simply want police reform. They want police accountability. And yes, they want police response when they need it. I f hear much more intensely, not just the request for more police, but the pleas, the plea from parents in high crime neighborhoods for more policing in our city. And I hear that overwhelmingly more strongly in high crime neighborhoods. It's Mayor Sam Licardo, and he's said this uh, before, and uh, I think uh, I'd like you to address that if you could, Raj. Sure, I have two responses. The first is I believe the mayor is cherry picking who in the community he decides to listen to to then inform his policy. Because clearly, when we put out this letter about divest in police and invest in community, we, we put it online to San Jose community residents, and in under 14 hours, it was signed by 2,600 individuals, 30 organizations representing a cross-section of the city, um, was that that's what was submitted. So it wasn't uh, sort of an obscure request. This was an overwhelming call that was the center of discussion in a budgetary hearing that lasted a few weeks. Uh, overwhelming public comment, um, siding for a divestment in, in law enforcement and investment in community. So the, the first one is I think he's been a bit cherry-picking and selective as to who he may be listening to, because um, that means clearly that he hasn't been listening to the people that have been protesting on the streets uh, day in, day out, uh, that have essentially seized and stopped the city calling for Black Lives Matters and a reallocation of the budget. The second uh, piece of this, though, is it, it depends on how the question is asked and what the, what the menu of options are that community has. If a community is calling for more city services, if a community is saying we are struggling with, uh, with substance abuse, we're struggling with mental health issues, we're struggling with poverty uh, in, in, in uh, a, a, an economy that deeply polarizes uh, based on color and race. What they're asking for is, is city support. But if the city is saying our only solution to each one of those social problems is police, is a badge and a gun, then that's gonna occupy the entire list of options that people speak to. What, what the community is asking for is more city support, uh, more services, uh, ways that could uh, resolve conflicts that don't result in, in lethal conclusions. Uh, and if you offer the community a longer list of menu, uh, menu options besides just police, I could guarantee you that the community is gonna pick a non-lethal option to address uh, and resolve their issues. So what we need to do right now in this moment is be politically imaginative and politically courageous 
uh, and not simply shoehorn every solution that the city has into policing it away. Um, we need to invest in other options of other first responders, social service, mental health experts, people that could, uh, have the nuance and the expertise uh, and the ability to solve this problem in a way that allows everyone to survive the experience. I'm going to invite our listeners to join us. And if you have something you'd like to add to this conversation, or if you simply like to offer your own thoughts, we welcome your calls. And you can join us now by phone. The number to call toll free is 866-733-6786. I'll repeat that, 866-733-6786. Or get in touch on Twitter and Facebook. We're at KQED Forum or email any thoughts you might have or questions to forum at kqed.org. And let me read some comments that are coming in. This is Robert who writes, for those who want to hold uh, SJPD accountable, don't let Sam Licardo fool you into thinking his strong mayor initiative on the November ballot will lead to the change we want. He said Eddie Garcia is a great police chief and he wouldn't fire him if he could. Sam Licardo has been a member of city politics for over a decade and just now wants reform. Another listener writes, what are the implications of First Amendment rights in that putting these four officers on administrative leave quells their voice by a governmental body? Racist speech wouldn't seem to be equal to yelling fire, and thus, while disagreeable, may be within these officers' private speech. What do you say to that, Raj? Well, we would agree with uh, the first comment. You know, this is a time where we want more civic engagement and more of a, an open, democratic, transparent process. And having the mayor essentially close ranks to, to suck up more political power at the expense of the general public is a problem, particularly at a time where we have not had seen more engagement, particularly from young people. Um, so that is, is definitely um, something that we, we also side with the, the call that wrote in. But secondly, to the point of these four officers, uh, Again, I think this is where we're, we're in a different kind of moment of consciousness, where this isn't solely about the bad behaviors of four specific rogue officers. This is us essentially saying, look, this has been a pattern. This isn't the first time. This isn't a personality-driven request for a solution. This is us saying there's a culture of racism that is baked into the San Jose Police Department. It has been institutionally protected. It has been brought up repeatedly. Uh, and we can't solve it by simply removing or silencing four officers. We need to change the entire department. We need to change the way we understand what public safety means in this city. Uh, and, and that's certainly not only going to be solved by tinkering with the arbitration system. You know, we have an entire police officers union that declined to be on the show that has spent a tremendous amount of resources and time in trying to discredit the Black Lives Matters movement of trying to um, paint people that are critical of police as the boogeyman um, that actually made a promotional video that said blue lives matters. So if the POA, if the police chief, the mayor, these are the same uh, political leaders that have turned a blind eye for years when families have asked for, for changes, when uh, the young people have occupied these streets, when a formal proposal was sent to them, there's been no serious engagement with the solutions that the community is uh, putting to their feet. Well, I want to get our community and our callers involved here. But before I do that, I want to go back to Aditi Bunlamudi. And uh, Aditi, could you just tell us the status of Jared Ewan, the San Jose police officer who uh, was making threatening comments to protesters during the march, uh, uh, during the march that went viral back in May? He was placed on leave. Is there any update? 
Yeah, that's the thing. Um, we don't have any updates right now. Um, even Mayor Licardo has says that he has said that he doesn't know uh, where that stands, where that investigation stands. We know that he's currently that um, the comments that he made and the behavior that he exhibited is under review, but uh, we don't know where that review is. And we'll bring a caller on, Sean. That's you. Good morning. You're on the air. Welcome. Hi, everybody. Hi, Raj. Um, I wanted to point out that the P. I want to remind everybody that the POA issued a press release July 2016, and in that press release, they questioned the validity, and that was what they said. We questioned the validity of the Black Lives Matter movement. They've never apologized for that press release. Um, and then also, when you went, when we go to marches at City Hall, there are snipers that you can clearly see atop City Hall. And before the first women's march, there was another march the day before. And that march was primarily people of color. And there was a sniper that you could see right outside the city hall window if you went to go see anybody from city council. And we took pictures of that sniper. But the next day for women's march, which was so much bigger, the police call was smaller. And you can look because Jen Wadsworth did the reporting on that. There was a much smaller call because it was going to be largely white women. And there was much smaller effort. There was no snipers for that day. So Sean, I uh, thank you for that call uh, and that information. Appreciate hearing from you. I'm wondering, uh, Raj, what you might say, though, to another listener named Richard, who sent this email in and writes, uh, uh, what, is your, what your guest does not appreciate is that elections have consequences. Licardo was reelected by a large majority. Obviously, a lot of San Jose voters approve of his policies. Well, look, times have changed. And uh, I think you're going to see a lot of a lot of people hitting the polls this time around that were not politicized until uh, the murder of George Floyd brought it front and center to them. So, look, I've never seen the mayor uh, challenged this broadly, um, not just by conventional voices, but by a new political movement on the streets. And they're asking for him to be responsive to their calls. Uh, while he may have garnered some uh, electoral wins before, the question is where we're going as a city moving forward. And this policy that uh, the mayor had put forward, really as a, uh, his response to the groundswell of, of, of call for change um, is completely inadequate. And I think that's why you're seeing so much pushback. We've never seen this many people you know, show up at a, at a city council meeting. We've never seen uh, people actually calling for him to be recalled. Uh, th this is unprecedented. Um, and while there, there may have been some support for him initially, I think what you're seeing uh, is a whole new shift politically where we're actually asking for a new leadership that is looking forward and not looking backward. And this nine point plan that the mayor had put forward uh, is regressive and it is not enough. And when I say regressive, I mean that quite literally. There are ideas in this proposal that was taken from police chiefs in the early 90s. And well, actually, there's even bef before that, Raj, there's a, there's a proposal for a cadet program for young African-Americans. If they agree to give uh, service to the police force for about five years, they'll get college scholarships. I'm not saying yeah. it's a good, a good idea or a bad idea, but it goes back to uh, Tom McEnery when he was mayor back in 1984. I want to yeah. get uh, a tweet in here, though, from a listener uh, who writes, defund the police doesn't mean dismantle the police. It's about reevaluating, refocusing, and reallocating funds into the community instead of blindly dumping tax money into the police department. Many politicians are blurring and muddying the message to minimize it uh, and to avoid accountability. 
And Aditi, uh, listener Marjorie writes, does San Jose mayor's plan include development of community-wide restorative justice mechanisms? I don't see how we can reform police and criminal justice processes without involving everyone. I didn't see anything in those nine points about restorative justice. Aditi, is there? I didn't see anything about that either. What I will say is that there does seem to be the inclusion of a community service officer program, which we talked about earlier. I think Raj had mentioned that, you know, the, the people want to see, or at least there, there are growing calls to, to have more people um, who would be available to do, uh, to respond to mental health crises, to respond to things uh, without uh, weapons. Um, the thing is that that program, um, at least in uh, Mayor Licardo's uh, proposal, um, is being allocated $100,000 um, to that sole program. And uh, as it stands now, um, I, I have not seen any clear timeline for when that program would actually uh, be started. Raj, there are, uh, and Mayor Licardo has mentioned this uh, a few times, uh, not only to the press, but uh, uh, in, in a number of public appearances, there's uh, there are many more police officers, uh, for example, in Los Angeles than there are in San Jose. And uh, there are many more police officers, for that matter, in a lot of cities of similar size. And I wonder what your thoughts are about that. Yeah, I've heard the mayor discuss this as comparison in uh, studies between San Jose and other large cities. Uh, but the number of police officers that qualify as the minimum standard for public safety is a totally arbitrary number. And um, while San Jose has had uh, less police staff over the past several years, what's clear is that you haven't seen a climbing of, of, of um, crime spikes. We haven't seen any sort of consequence as a result of a thinner police force. And so while he said, hey, look, we actually have been on the defunding trajectory already as a budgetary necessity, uh, I think what uh, we could also say, though, is that having less police hasn't resulted in an increase in crime. Um, what less police means is less police contact. What less police contact means is less propensity for racial disproportionality. Less police contact means less possibility of fatal interactions. And that's why the, the, these plans that the mayor is putting forward, again, I think is looking in the wrong direction historically. What the structural changes that we are coming uh, to, to uh, 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 terms of understanding with is saying that we need to reduce the imprint of police in society, reduce their the function in society. Uh, and these nine points simply won't do that. What about the, the fact that uh, the mayor is saying that his reform plan is moving more toward transparency and that's certainly a key point that he's been emphasizing. I think your argument, uh, if I can frame it as such, is that the mayor really can't get transparency because of the police contract that was uh, extended last year uh, into another year, and he can't root out so-called bad cops because we've got a corrupt system. Is that right? Yeah, I think that says it well. I mean, the, the first part is that the assumption is that rooting out the quote-unquote bad cops is the solution. That's what I mean when I say there's a different moment politically in terms of consciousness of what the solution is. We're not seeing it as individual rogue officers or bad apples, we're seeing it as a systemic problem. Um, but secondly, to your point around transparency and arbitration, absolutely, look, this, this city council and this mayor had an opportunity um, to open up the police union contract um, earlier this week. And rather than engage the public in something that is critically of public interest to them, um, I couldn't think of a negotiation that has more uh, significance to the people than a uh, contract with police. 
um, they extended this contract another year versus our meeting our request was for negotiations to be done publicly so that there could be some engagement and some uh, control over what the city is giving up to the police officers association so, so some of the features of the contract that was extended for a year actually run in opposition to some of these policy proposals because the arbitration is certainly captured in a union contract uh, even our goals of say trying to de-weaponize could not be touched without renegotiating this contract uh, even the idea that uh, Aditi reported on of ch changing or sort of civilianizing certain occupations within the department can't be done when you still have this current police union contract. So that's why we're critical of plans that feel and uh, a little bit more like PR than substantive change because they may be putting out certain things publicly, um, but at the same time too, having closed door meetings around really important decisions such as police union contracts. Well, as long as you mentioned PR, I'm going to read a comment from Bill who says if people calling for defunding the police don't mean they want to defund the police, they should get a new slogan. And Scott writes, I agree that sending police for many health and mental health issues is not the best, but as long as we choose to not support people with maintenance options, sending a social worker or other trained worker won't help much. We need more than Band-Aids on these issues. I'll bring another caller aboard. Robert, that's you. Good morning. Good morning. Um, I want to. Um, I appreciate a lot of what Raj is saying, and I just want to call attention to the fact that Sam's legacy hinges on reversing what his predecessor, Chuck Reed, did, who drove out the cops in droves. Um, he's been completely dismissive of the public in recent budget meetings and in yesterday's meeting on um, giving him more powers, uh, which is going to be on the November ballot. Um, Sam, Sam helped, along with Eddie Garcia and the POA, drive out uh, the IPA two years ago, Aaron Zisser, who was, you know, truly interested in more powers and reform. Um, and, you know, that just kind of shows Sam's true colors. He, he sees an opportunity in this moment to, you know, add to his power and call for reform. But he's been in the game for a long time. Robert, thank, uh, thank you. you. I thank you for bringing that up because there have been some concerns about uh, what some see as uh, – power or attempt to gain more power by the mayor. And I'd like to go to you on this, Aditi. And let me read a comment from a listener named Kathleen that addresses this. She says, voters must drive any effort to change the city charter, especially any effort to switch to a strong mayor. The mayor is exactly the wrong person to be in the driver's seat to expand his own authority. Uh, it's a strong uh, opinion, but nevertheless, uh, power has come into this whole debate in terms of what Sam Licardo supposedly wants. It has. I mean, Mayor Licardo suggests that it's difficult for him to make uh, to, to basically take action on, um, you know, directing the police chief towards firing certain officers um, because of the roles that that the mayor is, is given uh, by the charter. But um, he's trying to seek to change that. And that is um, you know, he's talked about that in his nine point plan, um, but it's clearly very divisive. Um, and during the city council meeting a, a few days ago, um, there was uh, a, lots and lots of calls, basically uh, very skeptical of the strong mayor proposal. We are going to have to leave it there. Aditi, thank you. Good to have you with us this morning. Appreciate your being with us. Aditi Banlamudi, uh, again, is KQBD Silicon Valley reporter. And uh, Rajad, thank you for being with us. Raj Jayadev is co-founder and director of Debug Silicon Valley. They're a grassroots organization focused on criminal justice reform. And Forum is produced by Judy Campbell, Tina Lauberg, 
Ariana Prail, Blanca Torres, and Grace Wan. Our senior editor is Dan Zoll. Our engineer is Danny Bringer. Our interns are Michael King and Jameson Weiss. Executive editor is Ethan Tovin Lindsay. And our chief content officer is Holly Kernan. Thank you for being a part of this morning's program. Another hour up ahead. I'm Michael Krasny. Funds for the production of Forum are provided by the members of KQED Public Radio and the Germanicos Foundation and the Generosity Foundation.